said, empty your mind. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And we're back with another fantastic episode. So... I was at school today, uh-huh. and I was asked a question by another teacher, and it was just kind of random. We're sitting there in the the, uh, the workroom, and she comes up, and she goes, I got to ask you, what is the craziest thing that has ever happened in your class? Because uh-huh. it's not very often that you see a teacher who's bounced around from, from one level to, to another. Right. Uh, and I, so I'm going to ask you that question. What is the craziest thing that ever happened in your class? You don't need to throw out names of schools yeah, or things like yeah, that. Just yeah. what's the craziest thing that you saw? Um, two things come to mind. My very first year teaching, I'll keep it short, I was disciplining a kid because she didn't want to do the work. And when I told her I will inform her volleyball teacher that she's not doing any work, she she, you know, she tested me and I did it. And when I sent the email, everybody, all the girls in the classroom were getting upset at her. And she gets up, I pick up her test paper and she bites it and then spits it in my face. <laughs> that is one instance. Oh. And the second instance is I was breaking up a fight in my room. This is before you got there. And I was you know, breaking up the fight. I got behind one kid, put my arms around him, uh, like locking up his arms. And <laughs> the kid he was fighting, he broke loose from the other guy that was breaking him up, breaking up the fight. And he throws a punch, missing the kid. And these are high schoolers, by the way. Missing the kid and totally punching me instead. Luckily, I have a chin like Canelo and I could take a punch. So it was no oh, big deal. Like- like the one teacher we worked with that took the one, two, three. Oh, but <laughs> from, from women, from floor. girls too. They were, they were, they were not normal girls. Yeah, that yeah. was like they were, they were some big girls. Or uh, that last year we were teaching together with that was the eight girl. Oh brawl. yes, yes. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, that was a good one. What was your, what was your uh, memory? Uh, uh I had the one herpes fight. We call, call it the herpes fight. Oh, we, the, we the were, bottle, right? Or some, something yeah, like that? Yeah, we were, we were combining classes because we were getting ready for star. Yeah. And one girl had a little juice box. And this right, is high school. She had right. a juice box. And she got up to go uh, throw her trash away. Mm-hmm. And one of the boys started drinking her juice box when right. she was not looking. And when she saw him from across the classroom, she flipped out because yeah. it turned out he had herpes, like visual <laughs> herpes. Well, and you know, a lot knew. of our kids had herpes, to be honest with you. <laughs> and she goes, did you seriously just drink my juice box? Like, mm-hmm. you just steal my juice? And he went to go hand it back to her. And she goes, no, I ain't drinking after you. And he started squirting her with oh, the juice box. Yeah. Like a little kid. Yeah. And instantly... She just started throwing hands. Like, so we're talking, she was swinging right. Muhammad Ali status and she was connecting. He turtled, he turned his back, he turtled, and I'm on the other end of the class. And there's like, we combined classes and we were teaching what, 20 plus, yeah. 25. So we're talking 40, 40 kids. And we had all the kids set up and uh, trying to get through all of them to get to these two was, was uh, a lot. And yeah. our, the other teacher that was with me, she was small. So uh, she wasn't going to go jump in and, and 
separate it. And this girl's just going to town. She's throwing punches. She's throwing these wicked, wicked, gnarly uh, haymakers. And I, he looks down, and I had a milk crate with all the paper because it wasn't my classroom. So I used, I used it to transport the, the, the stuff. He saw the milk crate at his feet, and he picked it up. And he started. He went to go swing it at her. And mm. as he's swinging this milk crate, I finally got to them, and I caught his arm before he can hit her with the milk crate. And <laughs> then I pushed her back, and I pointed at the teacher that I was teaching with, and told her to to watch her. And I grabbed him, and I literally picked him up. He wasn't a big kid. Picked him up, pulled him out of the classroom, and that was his advisor was right. His counselor was right down the hallway, so mm-hmm. she was there, and we separated the two, but. She, this girl, this girl, no joke, was going to town on this kid. Yeah, yeah. I remember that day. I remember um, the students from my, because our classrooms were right next to each other. Our my kids got up from their chair to hear all the commotion and yeah. Being a teacher is not for the faint of heart, and it's getting harder every year. So I, you know, there's a lot of fights. I I don't, I don't envy it. Yeah, for sure. But I will admit that there were. The rivalries that we had between us, and I'm, yeah. I'm alluding to, to certain things. The rivalries that we had were always the best, and I would not, uh, I would not g- turn around and do anything different. I know, you know, Scotty Boy's not, he doesn't listen to us, but one day he might. Right. You know, him and I were next door, next door neighbors, and he was math and I was social studies, and we were always going back and forth. Yeah. And then you and I, we're, you know, we're next door neighbors then we were across the hallway we were always going back and forth and it was great but before we get into that this is <laughs> canceled teachers talk unbelievable history and i am howlett i am garcia and we are going to talk rivalries today mm-hmm. rivalries but more specifically more specifically Maybe the greatest rivalry in American history. And it's something that I think if you would have brought this up 20 years ago, we wouldn't even have been having this conversation because the name didn't stick. But we're going to be talking about Edison versus Tesla. I'm excited. You know, one thing, you know, just to dive right in. Tesla has had a revival. While Edison, Absolutely. While Edison on the other hand, is kind of like a villain in a weird way. I don't know. It's like, what what's happening? You just said like the past 20 years. You know, for most people, they hadn't heard of Tesla until about 20 years ago. And I don't know. Do you think Tesla would be proud of what his legacy is today, considering it's kind of, I don't know, there's a little murk, murkiness in there? Uh, I don't know. That's a really difficult question to answer right off the bat. That's now, I'm not going to say a million-dollar question, but it's up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tesla, he kind of got shafted, and right. I feel like he never got to see, let's say, the bearing of his fruit. And I think you he would have to be proud because right. the fact that his name still exists, right. we still see Tesla. And I know that the legacy isn't the same. The Tesla mm-hmm. that we know and we recognize now is not the same legacy that he was trying to leave but it's still there the name tesla still resonates it still means something and that is a big thing and you know me i'm a legacy guy yeah and if my name stuck around and it you know it extended well past my lifetime then you got to be a little proud well you got to look at tesla right i mean i just asked you you think he would be proud and i i agree with you i think he definitely would because the way he ended his life i mean he was just 
secluded, perhaps purposely. I mean, there's, there's reports that he would just walk in the park and talk to pigeons all day long. And, and of course, you know, now with the Internet and everything like that and his revival and, and, and his legacy, you know, he died broke. It was it was kind of forgotten, and I'll be honest with you. I grew up in the '80s and the '90s, and Edison was revered, still is, even though his name has 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 had a couple of dents as of recent. But you never heard of Tesla. I don't re- I don't remember hearing about Tesla growing up as a kid into my adult years until like 15, 20 years ago. So, you know, if it's all about legacy. It's one of those where he died kind of, I don't want to say forgotten, but in the back pages of great innovators and great you know, inventors and, and people that changed the, changed the world forever as him and Edison most certainly did. Now, it, it's, it's that idea. Uh, we look, and let me ask you because it's going to help me answer my question. When mm-hmm. you think of Tesla now, what, come, what is the first thing that pops into your mind? AC, ACDC, it, it's that, that, that battle of the currents, you know, I mean, that's, that's exactly what it was. I think of Tesla, well, for me, I guess as a historian, I think more of who he was. And it, it's kind of like a cautionary tale where this guy, he came from nothing. He actually worked for Edison at one point. They had a dispute. We'll talk about that later. But when I think of him, I just I think more of the legacy. I think for ninety nine percent of people, in a strange way, I just think they think of the car. To be honest with you, yes, they think of the car. Right. But and let's and that's what I was hoping you were going to say. Mm-hmm. The car company, but the car company wasn't founded until the two thousands. But the idea is, it's an electric car. Mm-hmm. They could have called it Edison Motors. They could have, but they didn't. They mm-hmm. called it Tesla because. I mean, besides, I I mean, I'm sorry, but like besides the band from the 70s and 80s, that that, that's really what the legacy of 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 Tesla was until the car came 15, 20 years ago. But it's the fact that when you think of electricity and at the time, at the time you talked about those current wars and the current wars, for those of you who don't know or haven't seen, you know, in documentaries or movies or anything like that. Uh, Edison and Tesla went through a really brutal public battle mm-hmm. uh, for what would take hold in terms of American electrical systems or currents. Okay. And right. they both had different forms of electrical currents that they're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. And Edison, Edison had his and Tesla had the alternating current. And Tesla's current was better. Tesla's right. current would win. Mm-hmm. In the long run, America would go to go through tesla's electrical current system but the problem was is that edison was better at the publicity at the propaganda and he basically he he dug the the grave pushed tesla in and then buried him and it had nothing to do with whose ideas were better it had everything to do with publicly who was winning this this money battle and this this newspaper battle and this it was really shady and scandalous at the time but Tesla won. Tesla won the electrical current war, and there's a reason why Tesla Motors, an electrical car company, chose Tesla as their, uh, I don't know, their inspiration. Well, because 
that's he he had the better electrical current. And you're right about that. I mean, DC was more work within a mile, and AC altern, altern, alternating alternating current. Sorry, you know that can stretch for miles, if not over a hundred miles. And you're right; it did shift. There was like a fundamental shift in how we would use electricity for many decades to come. So, going back to Tesla winning or Edison working and being more shady. You know, Edison, yes, he was an inventor, but he was more, I guess, if you can compare him to, it'd be more like Steve Jobs, where he would, he wasn't really the inventor. He got the right people. He was the perfect spokesperson. He knew how to push workers. I mean, they called him the the wizard of Menlo Park for a reason. You know, Menlo Park was this, this big old, you know, think tank where he would just innovate he would have a bunch of people and like i said earlier tesla worked with them tesla worked with even offered uh tesla hey if you can if you can figure out certain specific uh formulas and entities to complete dc you know i'll give you fifty thousand dollars and fifty thousand dollars over 150 years ago i mean that's a lot of money of course tesla the genius that he is but figure it out in a timely manner and Edison would be like, you know, I was just joking. And of course, Tesla didn't take that as a joke. And that would be the birth of a rivalry. And and I don't know. I think Edison was more of that innovator rather than the inventor type, while Tesla was more of the hands-on type. So going back to publicizing and creating that propaganda to promote his his products more absolutely i mean they give him the credit for creating an electric light bulb but that went to somebody 40 years before him he just took that idea and harnessed it and found the proper materials to make it cheaper and of course electricity changed the world after yeah. that all he did was perfect it and i like to tell the kids that i mean we we test and uh, one of the standards, one of the the teaks mm-hmm. that we have to to teach is the invention of the light bulb. Not so much electricity, and, and we don't teach Tesla at all. But our, you bring up the light bulb, and most people think it was all Edison. Right, right. I think uh, a lot of it has to go back to who was bank bankrolling these two. You had J.P. Morgan that was bankrolling uh, uh, Edison, and then you have George Westinghouse yeah. who's bankrolling Tesla, and there's there's some money differences there. Mm-hmm. There's some money differences there, and obviously J.P. Morgan was the bank guy. Mm-hmm. Westinghouse is, I mean, both those companies still exist. Those names are both still around. I right. mean, J.P. Morgan's a little bit bigger, but when it uh, adjusted for inflation, J.P. Morgan had a higher net worth. Right. And if we know anything about America, money talks. Well, you know what? I kind of feel now I'm going to go back to what we started this podcast with was when you and I were testing. And this might be a little arrogant. So if any of our can teachers that we worked with are listening to us by any chance, doubt it. But when you and I got together, it was you and I were pushing each other. I would like to think so. You know, with our hall decorations, you know, testing and all that stuff. Even though we're on the same team, I think you and I made each other better. That era, during the Gilded Age, going into the Progressive Era, 
was just a time of innovation. I mean, you had Alexander Graham Bell, you had Eastman Kodak, you had Westinghouse as well, and you had Edison and Tesla, all these other great innovators. I kind of feel like it was a golden age of innovation that set up the entire world that we are, that we can, we, we, that we have to take for granted today. I mean, they give motion pictures. You and I, how many... What percentage of our of this podcast do we talk about film? And that would not exist without the credit going to Edison that he created the motion picture camera. So it, I kind of feel like this era in time, the late 1880s, 1880 to about 1910 with Ford and everybody, was they were all like in competition. Who's going to come up with the next great idea? And you're right money does talk and jp morgan wanted to be ahead of that westinghouse major investor at the time wanted to be ahead of that they wanted to have their their mitts and their hands in these innovators slash inventors these creators and really change the world for what the future is today so i i agree with you on that now you did bring up i when i was a kid when i was growing up i didn't give a damn at all about Anything pre World War Two, let's say mm-hmm. World War Two, I didn't really care about the Great Depression or the Dust Bowl. Uh, World War One was all right, but industrialization, westward expansion, all that stuff seemed boring to me. It's like there wasn't because there's no film, there's no pictures, uh, and things don't flash in front of you. It's like it's whatever now. Right. It wasn't until I got older and I was, you know, having to teach this for myself that I got to look deeper and actually explore things in ways that interested me. And I, these are the kind of things that really popped out. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Alexander Graham Bell, Ford, and I know Ford's got a little bit of, he's got a, a, a dark history, <laughs> a dark history. I was going to say a gray backstory, <clears throat> right. but Ford, man, if it wasn't for Henry Ford, I mean, I don't know what the world would look like today. Yeah, the Wright brothers I, too. The Wright brothers. Uh, it was it just was, an like interesting said, era, man. I mean, imagine being alive at that time. I mean, I mean, yeah, things were slower back then, and means of production or getting pr- stu- stuff done and and sold was near close to impossible. But it, it goes back to the evolution of every kind of product. I mean, you're, we're talking about Tesla and Edison here. Our iPhones, our cell phones are not possible. I mean, Tesla is credited for pretty much creating the the, the radio. I mean, what do you listen to your music on today? You know, the motion picture that Edison that came up with, I mean, how are we watching our TikToks and our YouTube videos and or any just any kind of film? It it stems with these guys, whether they directly had their hands in the event in the invention or they were the promoter of it, kind of like you were saying with Edison. So I just think it's an era that is undervalued. And yes, as a kid, looking back, Western expansion, all that stuff, boring. But man, was it so intricate into the development, not only in America, mm-hmm. but in the world as well. And obviously, if we go back... Uh, and we talk about this this rivalry between Edison and Tesla. Yeah, you know Edison won at the time, and then and Tesla probably won in the long run. But 
Tesla still exists today, and you got to give a lot of credit to you know Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. He he gave us the light bulb in the way that we know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he didn't invent it; he just perfected it. But the light bulb was definitely his. You talked about the 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 phonograph, right? Right, the phonograph, uh, yeah, the phonograph, and you know you go to the mo and that probably extended into uh, you brought up the you know motion pictures, right. We wouldn't have videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also invented uh, alkaline storage batteries, and we we take that for granted because I probably have a, a whole drawer full of of you know batteries sitting in the the other room. Right. So Edison definitely a huge con- contributor to American society. You know, Tesla, like you said, he died poor. Mm-hmm. He didn't die with a whole lot, and I think it was this idea that he was. He seems more attainable as an American icon. Well, he was—he we wasn't from America. He was from Serbia, but you know, he spent his innovative years in America, and he would die in America. When you think, when you think of what American people kind of they they cling to, it's this mm-hmm. idea that they like the underdog story. And when we look back at the Tesla Edison argument, uh, Tesla was the underdog. Tesla was the guy. You know, trying to get out from underneath this bigger figure mm-hmm. and got steamrolled. And at right. the end of the day, he was right the whole time. And when right. I say he was an you know an American you know an American underdog story, I didn't mean necessarily he was American. Yeah. I meant that those are the kind of people that Americans tend to gravitate towards because uh, we're not all we're not inventors like Edison. We didn't invent all these different things. We're not mm-hmm. like that. But the fact that we get get knocked down by the man and we get back up right and we get knocked down and we get back up and at the end of the day it mattered right that is tesla's story right yeah i i mean look you know when it comes to tesla if you want to make it a rivalry yes they were they knew each other they competed against each other but you know in closing i just want to say with their innovations how would the world look like today without them I mean, we wouldn't be talking. Yeah, we wouldn't be talking or be something else entirely. Maybe the evolution of the smartphone or computer or whatever we're doing electronically, televisions, whatever it is, would look a lot different or maybe a little bit more primitive to what we have today. Let me ask you this. You think their inventions were like the light bulb, harnessing electric currents? Do you feel or do you do you think somebody else could would have came up with those inventions eventually i i do think so yeah i think that a lot of things are inevitable mm-hmm. uh i one of the one of human beings greatest fears is of the dark mm-hmm. and i think that this idea that we want to illuminate things and find a, a more efficient way of doing so yeah. we couldn't sit with oil lamps forever yeah. and or candles eventually would had to we would have had to have come up with something more efficient and i think uh this idea of harnessing electricity somebody would have come up with it right yeah i i agree with you i agree with you i kind of think you know i've always been a believer where if it's out there even in its earliest form of evolution that eventually will evolve to something that is that will become a force and the man that invented the light bulb or harness electricity before 40 years beforehand that edison did um 
I think that that would have sti- that would have um, snowballed into something eventually. Maybe it would have looked a little bit different than what it is today. But hey, I'm not complaining. I mean, I need my electricity for for numerous things. So as we all do. So no, I think it's one. Of, I think it's. I think you're right. I think it's one of the first great rivalries that wasn't really bloody. I don't know. I just. I. Uh, I think that. Tesla's name I mean we have it tied up with the car and and Elon Musk and I think he's more than that I think he should be praised a little bit more often than just being a car that's out in space and you're very valid opinion very Mm -hmm. valid opinion I think uh, I don't know I think we need more rivalries I think you're right about rivalries push us to be better uh, as you know every every aspect of you know humanity not just inventing or you know work effort i agree with you i agree with you and uh before we transition one of my favorite facts that i love about thomas edison is that the one of the first things that he ever captured on motion picture was a cat video of two cats boxing each other Oh, because, you know, he started the trends that we all hate. <laughs> we all hate. I spend half my time looking at cat videos now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because they were a popular trend like 15 years ago and they're still going strong. I don't know. Something about cats. We, stupid dog videos, too. I, yeah. I, th- I think they're very underrated. Um, I'm going through a French bulldog video phase. I know that might be falling into some kind of TikTok real cliche, but I'm on it, man. My next dog will be a French bulldog for sure. Uh, I don't, I don't need a dog. I got a baby coming. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) anyways, since we're talking about rivalries, let's transition to our Mount Rushmore Mm -hmm. and our Mount Rushmore just to stay on topic is history's greatest rivalries or the greatest rivalries of all time. Right. right. Uh, do you have any stipulations? Let me start with that. No, no. Just let's just go. Nothing. It could be. It could just be rivalries. It could be entertainment. It could be historical. It could be sports. I guess that's entertainment. Whatever you want to go. Now I have five. Mm-hmm. I didn't get extras. I picked my five. I'm going to live or die by my five. If you steal those five, yeah, then I'm, you steal I, those five. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm not going to change mine either. So we bump, we bump. Okay. So who started first last week? I think you did. I'll go first this time. All right. So my number four on my Mount Rushmore, I am going Pepsi versus Coke. Ooh, did not have that one. That's a good one. I like yeah. that one. Cola Wars... You know, we all know that Coke is the man, okay? I love what Coke did with McDonald's by giving them a preferential treatment on their fountain drinks because their fountain drinks at McDonald's are next level. I love that. But something that's underappreciated is what Pepsi did. Now, Pepsi was getting their asses kicked, and they're always getting their ass kicked to Coca-Cola. But what they did and kind of changed the game for everything was advertising. Pepsi was the first one to offer mega bucks for mega celebrities to endorse their product. Those, that first major endorsement, 
Pepsi had a hand on. If I'm not mistaken, they offered Michael Jackson $1 million to promote Pepsi. And Coca-Cola knew, like, whoa, 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 we're in trouble. Not to mention, they were, like I said, masters at advertising. In the 1970s, mid-70s, they had the Pepsi Challenge. I don't know if you recall that one, but that's where they blindfold taste testers between Coke and Pepsi. And Pepsi, of course, they always just show the ones that chose Pepsi. But it was affecting Coke's bottom line, Coca-Cola's bottom line. And they had to keep up with Pepsi in the advertisement wars. And, and it was just a game changer. It would elevate Pepsi to becoming this multi-billion dollar entity of a corporation. And it would elevate Coca-Cola to a stratosphere of probably a Mount Rushmore of greatest brands of all time. So for me, my Pepsi, Coke, that would be my number four because that rivalry just, it, it benefited both of them and it changed, you know, it just changed advertisement and endorsement completely. And we could thank Pepsi for that. So that is my number there's four. A, there's a great documentary on Netflix called Pepsi Where's My Jet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched that, man. I watched that. And when you when you bring that up, yeah, Pepsi's advertising, it's next level. It is. Uh, I when I think of Coke, I think of the 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 polar bears. The polar bears, and they're iconic. They are iconic, but they, mm-hmm. you know, they might deviate here and there, but they they kind of play it by you know they play it easy. They play it simple. Right. Pepsi, on the other hand, it's almost like they're they'll throw as much shit against the wall as they can and hope something sticks. Well, Pepsi I is like that. Pepsi is is their their master. They even did the red, white and blue can. Um like I said, they paid Michael Michael Jackson. They had all these other celebrities and Coca-Cola would match them with Paulo Abdul at the time. I know these are old names, but I mean, it was just Pepsi forced Coca-Cola to step up. And they kind of set the blueprint for all these other companies, the, the beer com- the com- companies, the old cigarette companies to, hey, we got to, there's money in the advertisement game. We got to take it up another notch. So that is my number four. It's a good one. And I'm going to piggyback off of your Cola Wars. Okay. What is your With, number four? It wasn't originally my number four. I'm just going to shuffle mine around uh, a little bit. I'm going to go with the Burger Wars. <laughs> Burger King and McDonald's? Yes, okay. growing up, I Burger thought about King and McDonald's. Burger King and McDonald's were basically head to head when mm-hmm. I was a kid. I hated Burger King, but uh, McDonald's was just kicking their ass. And I think a lot of it to do with the the Happy Meal. I think the Happy Meal was was it was the it was the thing. The right. fact that you got these these badass toys. Uh, I kind of sized out of the Happy Meal by the time I was like six. But I still loved getting that little toy. Right. Uh, Burger King didn't really have that. Their toys weren't as, as good, but they still tried. Right. But at some point in our life, and you're you're a couple years older than me, uh, it changed. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw a shift. And it wasn't Burger King and McDonald's anymore. I think Jack in a Box kind of stole that from Burger King. Mm. And I feel like Jack in a Box and McDonald's uh, and you know, Wendy's to an extent, they're the ones that are going back and forth. And I don't think it's so much the burger wars anymore, but it's kind of like the fast food wars. Cause right. I mean, Americans have shifted away from burgers to, you know, chicken sandwiches. Well, but nobody knows more about burgers than me. I wrote an entire book on it. 
American Junkie, available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I'll post a link. Anyways, back to the point. You're welcome for for, for giving, giving me that, that opportunity. layup. <laughs> <laughs> but look, you're right. When Burger King, McDonald's pretty much had a monopoly. I mean, it was them and White Castle that was killing it back in the day. White Castle is the first fast food burger joint, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, when Burger King came around, it came from Miami, Florida, if I'm not mistaken. And they wanted to compete. They claim they came up with the, the, the flame broiled burger. And that's always been their staple. But McDonald's, you're right. In the 50s, 60s, and 70s, just had the same menu. Yes, they had the innovation that they copied from Ford, right? But they were producing speedy burgers. But when Burger King came out with the Whopper, it was such a game changer that McDonald's eventually came up with the Big Mac. And that was their tit for tat, I guess you can say, for Burger King coming up with the Whopper. And you know, they had the filet fish I think filet fish came before. I could be wrong on that. But those specialty burgers that McDonald's had all stems from Burger King pushing the envelope and coming up with the Whopper. I think the Whopper is overrated. I'm more of a McDonald's guy myself. Big Mac's, the Big Mac is by far superior. A hundred percent. If we ever do a Mount Rushmore of burgers, not to give it away. In and out, in and out number one. Okay. What is your number three? Anyways, so good number four. I like your number four. Um, my number three, I'm going to go a little askew here, is communism versus democracy. Ooh, I had that. On, I had that. Uh, continue. Okay. Well, I mean, you and I had an episode about it, well, version of it a couple of weeks ago. You know, Communism versus democracy are these political ideologies. And unfortunately, unfortunately, they have costed over hundreds of millions of lives, all based on promotional efforts on both sides. Now, what do I mean by that? Whether you believe in a democratic system or a communistic system, it has gotten bloody many many times over and it's it's still an issue even to this day so when i the reason why i bring up communism and democracy is because you know whether it's genocide politicide or democracide death of innocence have occurred from all the way from lenin to stalin from stalin to to china from china to vietnam from vietnam to cuba to eventually going to america to try to contain it to domino theory it's just non-stop conflict and like i said before even in politics today if there's any rumbling of socialism or communism in that same realm it is considered a bad word in political po- in um in, in american politics and to me it warrants up there as a rivalry because like i said blood has been shed Warfare has been shed all for this case. People have gone to prison for this stuff. You know, I mean, it's the highest form of propaganda on both sides, even if they both have a romantic origin of an idea to it. So that is my number three. I love your number three. And it's I think we're, we're we're seeing a shift, hopefully in society where we don't 
necessarily uh, we won't be willing to condemn or kill people based on that idea that they're communist. Uh, I feel like the world's becoming more of a gray area and mm-hmm. not so much of a black and white. Uh, and I think that with social media, uh, you can't, the government can't kind of alter perceptions. And I hope that I'm right. I could be completely wrong. I hope but you I'm are right. That we're, I'm hoping we're moving more towards a, a unified, uh, multi-political structured realm of society. I hope you are right. Um, you know, I mean, these are, I mean, I don't know. It just bothers me. All the money, all the all the romantic ideas of, oh, we're going to go to those countries to, liberate, to liber, uh, liberate them and bring in our form of democracy or communism. I mean, it, it's getting borderline. It was border. It, it's barbaric, in my opinion. So. Anyways, we still have we still kind of live the same way. Uh, you bring up communism to the kids, and they automatically know there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. They don't know even they don't even know what it is, but they know that communism's bad. It's right, bad. Right. Right. It's okay. stupid. Now, going from one going from one form of politics that people have died over mm-hmm. to another. Mm-hmm. Now, this was on my list originally. I didn't switch it up. Uh, I just taught it in class this week. Mm-hmm. Alexander Hamilton. And Aaron Burr. Oh, I remember. I mean, I I love this. I love this story. I thought about it. So, go ahead. There's a, there's a lot. I'm gonna try to summarize it as the best I can. Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. Uh, they were similar in a lot of ways. They both fought under George Washington during the Revolution. But once the country started to kind of solidify itself, they went complete other directions. Uh, once political parties first formed, you had the Democratic Republican Party and the Federalist yeah. Party, right. and they both went opposite directions, and they became basically political uh, uh, enemies. They became political rivals, and they went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and every time one of the two would come for- forward for their party and say, you know, we want a stronger national government, or we want this, we want that, the other one would straight up try to you know, cut his legs out from under him, and it went... It was like that for a long time. And uh, obviously, uh, Hamilton got a lot of uh, accolades. And Burr kind of, we don't recognize his name as much anymore. But, you know, he got presidential votes and he could have been our president at one point. Now, it all came to a head. It all came to a head uh, when Hamilton would speak out against Burr uh, based on something you know, Burr was fighting for. And <laughs> through a series of letters, Hamilton challenged Burr to a duel. Good old fashioned. Each of them had a gun. They're going to duel. Winner takes all. And we're talking old school status. Uh, now, Hamilton accepted. Hamilton, it was, it was, we're, they're going for it. And I, the story is, is that I guess it's customary to, to miss the first shot. Hmm. And Hamilton uh, intentionally missed, but Burr didn't, and mm-hmm. Burr actually shot him, and Hamilton died. Uh, I don't, I don't, I've never heard of anything saying that it's it's customary to intentionally miss mm. your first shot, because I'm I'm used to when I th- hear duel, I think oh wow wow west, 
uh, you know, gunfighting. Right. You take ten steps and you turn and fire, kind of thing, or you face off and it's quick draw. That's how I envision it. Right. But yeah, these two guys were bitter political rivals, and it went all the way to the ends with both of them drawing arms, firing at each other, and Alexander Hamilton being murdered. Yeah, and you know Alexander Hamilton is considered a founding father of this nation, uh, and the proud owner of the most annoying musical in human history, which I've seen, and it's not bad. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I don't like the whole I don't like that that rhythm. I do like it has hip hop feels to it, but yeah, yeah, I know that part, and I'm believe me. One of the greatest commercials in human history was an Ale- uh, Hamilton Burr commercial. It was a Got Milk commercial in the mid-90s. One of those where Hamilton gets caught between a glass of milk and his assassination. It's hilarious. I don't remember the commercial vi- that, that, that as much as I did back then, but great commercial. And speaking of hip-hop, that goes to my number two. Nice. My number great two. Phenomenal transition. I kind of wanted to omit to omit the milk commercial, but it's a great commercial. My number two is Biggie and Tupac. I don't know if that was much of a rivalry because we know Tupac was better. All right. Well, let me respond. People who know me know I'm a huge hip-hop head. Always have been. Always will be. My favorite rapper of all time was Biggie Smalls. When it came to the East Coast, West Coast wars, I was always East Coast. While everybody else I knew was West Coast, West Side, whatever. But funny thing is that they actually were, were boys to begin with. Biggie actually idolized Tupac to begin with because... Tupac already had a huge catalog before even Biggie Biggie even started. And Biggie wanted to rival, I mean, I don't want to say rival, but wanted to emulate what Tupac was, but for the East Coast. And they were actually helping each other. They were going back and forth uh, from studio from New York to L.A. from time to time again, working together, trying to help each other become bigger and bigger and bigger. Now... I know exactly where I was when Tupac died. I remember the girlfriend I was dating that at that time in high school calls me crying, but because I didn't care about Tupac, I was like, all right, talk to you later. And then I remember when Biggie Smalls died. He died the week of my birthday in March. And I remember we had practice, basketball practice, like at 6.30 in the morning. And I'm one of the first people in the locker room. And I see my friend there. We used to call him Frog Boy. And uh, because he looked like a frog and he was crying. I'm like, what happened, man? He's like, dude, Biggie got killed. And I'm like, what? So this rivalry, whether whoever you think is better or worse, I mean, they even came out with with battle songs against each other or or beef songs with Tupac's version of Hit 'Em Up. Which I didn't really care for. I thought it was stupid because it's just him cussing on a microphone. No rhyming. It's just cussing. While Biggie had, while Biggie had Who Shot Ya, which it was actually a beautifully lyrical, rhythmic song. But, you know, they would go back and forth and unfortunately die within a year of each other at the age of, what, 24 and 25, if I'm not mistaken. So, Tupac was 25. Yeah, 25 and, and Biggie was 24. And they had their whole lives. I mean, who would have... I mean, who knows what music would sound like today or hip-hop would sound like today if they didn't even get assassinated. 
And here's the here's the cherry on top. They don't know where the who the killer is. There's speculation that they know, but they want to keep it under wraps because they're afraid if they release who the actual killer is or the corporate or the gang or whatever it was that it might spark riots and everything like that. I don't know. But to me, it changed music history, um, their death, and due to the rivalry. You know, I, I am a Tupac guy more than I am a Biggie guy. But... And by the favorite. way, Tupac was from New York, by the way. And Biggie died in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, well, Tupac died in Vegas, but anyways. One of my favorite scenes from any movie is the scene from the Keanu Reeves baseball movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the kids. Where the one, the one kid can only pitch if he's listening to Biggie. Right, I remember and that. Every time he pitches, he puts on his headphones, and you hear, "I love the way you call me Big Pop." And then, yeah, go ahead. As a as a baseball player myself, I was envious because I never got to listen to music while I played baseball. Mm. Well, you're white, so it's not allowed. So true, true. All right. So, what is your number two, my man? My number two, and I've gone back and forth, and I don't know which one I want to pick as number one. So we're going to go not a a two and one. We're going to go a one A and one B. Because right. one I really feel like is my favorite rivalry of all time, but one is way more important. So we're going to go with the one that's my favorite as my number two, and then we're going to go with the more important one as my number one because it just makes sense that way. Talk to me. My favorite rivalry of all time. The Boston Red Sox mm. versus the New York Yankees. Believe me. Cross my mind. Believe me. Go ahead. And you are a Yankee fan, so I get it. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. I hate the Boston Red Sox. They are my least favorite sports organization known to man. I would rather wear full cowboy gear Ooh. and go to a, uh, a cowboy Super Bowl party. <laughs> Than ever, ever root for the Red Sox. Hey, I love it because I hate the Red Sox too. Go, go on. I hate them. Everything about them, and mm-hmm. it's funny because I was, you know, hitting adulthood, young adulthood, as they made that first run, and they finally broke the curse of the Bambino. But this rivalry has gone back a hundred plus years. We're yeah. talking early nineteen hundreds, and. Uh, so many things have gone down between these two sports organizations. But the Red Sox were, you know, they were a, a big winning organization at the turn of the century. And the Yankees were the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until the Red Sox sold Babe Ruth to the Yankees that everything kind of shifted. And the Yankees are now the most winningest sports organization in American sports. They've won, what, 27 World Series? Yeah. yeah. Uh, ridiculous. And the Red Sox, if it wasn't for the early 2000s, would still be, you know, a dumpster fire of an organization. Right. But, anyways, this they're, they're interdivision rivals, so they played themselves 16 times a year. They played themselves 16 times or more, depending on the playoffs, uh, every year for over 100 years. And if seeing the same people beat you, over and over and over and over again doesn't create a rivalry. I don't know what does. I don't know if there's any other sport where you're going to see the same the same teams 
that many times over right. and over and over again. And it causes rivalries. And unfortunately, you have you know two teams that are are generally pretty pretty good right and they've got bad blood but the boston red sox and the new york yankees i like that pick major league baseball i like that pick you know they've had epic epic you know moments you know bucky bleeping dent uh aaron bleeping boom you know these are iconic moments that have happened in you know instances that you know, change baseball. And, and, you know, I hate Boston with all my heart. And it really bothers me that within the, the last 20 years, because I guess because I've been in Texas my whole life, I never really cared or heard much about the Red Sox. I guess you have to have been more of a regional thing. I know baseball tends to be more regional. But all of a sudden, when they were finally winning in the 2000s, everybody became a Red Sox fan. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Nobody gave a shit about the Boston Red Sox until the Yankees blew that that three game uh, lead in the what was it oh four World Series uh, ALCS. It, yeah, and those fans are the worst because yeah. they're yeah they're just they're, they're just riding the, the bandwagon they're straight bandwagoners and yeah. those because you know you're right nobody was a Red Sox fan until they started winning right. And it's like it's like the nobody Golden State was, Warriors. Like nobody gave or a the shit Patriots. about. Yeah, or the nobody gave a shit about. Dude, Patriots were the worst team, and Golden State was the worst <laughs> team my entire childhood from the eighties. And well, New England had one good year in the eighties. They went to the Super Bowl, got their ass kicked against the uh, the Bears. But nobody gave a shit about Golden State or the Patriots until they started winning. Like, do you want to be that kind of fan? I always see that. That's why Cowboy fans should be appreciated more. Because our fans have gone through the worst, and we've gone through the good time. There's some fans I've never even seen a championship. My brother was five years old the, the last Chargers. time they won. The Chargers, right? Everything San Diego. Everything San Diego for you, of course. But yet, we don't like, okay, well, you know what? Uh, I don't know. Tampa Bay is kicking ass. So I'm going to be a Tampa Bay fan now. So it's stupid. It's stupid. And I think it starts off with the Boston Red Sox fan. They they started that dumb shit. So, but anyway, all these Chiefs fans. Yeah, Chiefs are like, what the fuck is that? You know, <laughs> L.A. Rams. Like, come on. Anyways, I like your number two. What? What is your number one? The number one. I think number one is a cliche pick, but I'm going for it. I am going Christians versus Muslims. Oh, I I didn't want to touch it. Didn't want to touch it. So I have a lot to say. Well, you know, I mean, let's let's just go with the bases. What's the difference between them two? So while Christianity believes that, you know, Jesus was incarnated as the son of God, died for the sins, you know, Islam teaches that Jesus was more of an important prophet to God, but not the son of God. And that, that difference of philosophy between the two has killed hundreds of millions of people like Democracy and communism has had. We have the la- the crusade wars that lasted centuries. Uh, both religions that are just based on each other's other religions that, you know, I mean, even to this day, you know, Christians are committing hate crimes against Muslims. Muslims are committing hate crimes against Christians. It's an ongoing, it's an ongoing spat going on based on ideology and based on philosophy 
and based on something that may or may not be proven. I mean, I'm not going to disrespect the, the people that are super religious, but there's a lot of blood on their hand. And if you ask a lot of these religious people, they'll say it is warranted that it's worth dying for, dying for my God or my faith. And these two religions, I mean, they just, they're just, they're just two rams, just bucking heads and, and cost them many lives. So that is my number one. And it's a fantastic number one. It is probably the best number one you could possibly have. Ooh. And I, I am going to concede this Rushmore to you. Nice. For going where I didn't have the balls to go. Because it is difficult. It is difficult comparing any two religions. Uh, as somebody who did the philosophy of religion in college and uh, is a searcher for the truth, let's just leave it at that. Right. I'm a live and let live. I can't sit there and tell any person who believes in a religion that they're wrong because who am I to say that? Right. So for people Absolutely. to kill each other, for people to kill each other because the other person is wrong, is it's just ludicrous to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you throw yeah, it's you go back to the Crusades and, and all that nonsense and it politics gets involved. It just it's it's the greatest rivalry that you can call a rivalry because there's probably other vague things that you can probably say that are bigger so-called rivalries. But if mm -hmm. you're just talking about two things that have just butted heads for you know for so long. Mm -hmm. Christianity versus Islam or Muslims versus Christians. Phenomenal pick. 100%. Well, I appreciate that. And 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 you're right. I mean, it it could be used in modern times. I remember when Trump and and many of his people were condemning Obama when Obama was running for president that he was Muslim. This is before Trump was Trump. And and you know, you want to go to Trump. There's been many political uh, presidential people that have used Christianity as a boost to gain political favor to get to that higher level seat. And I'm thinking like as somebody that is also looking for the truth, it's kind of like, well, why are we using religion in that form of, of manipulation? And, you know, you could, for me at least, I could smell a phony a million miles away, and whether it's Trump or, or any of the, these other presidents that use a religion as a masquerade to, to promote what they're trying to accomplish, oh man, it's disgusting. And it goes both ways. It goes both ways for both religions. So that is my number one. But anyway. And it's a great number one. So what is your number one? My number one now feels very stupid. <laughs> okay, go Oh, my number one is something that helped form a lot of what we see as the world today. It's probably the most, and I thought it, I thought it was the most significant rivalry in the history of rivalries until I heard yours. Document. It is that of England versus France. Oh, I was actually thinking uh, America and France, but. Yes, but the England France rivalry. Together. Yeah, go ahead. The England France rivalry is what helped create the United right. States as a nation. Absolutely, so, absolutely. I thought the same thing. United States and England, phenomenal rivalry, but we're also biased because we're from one of those countries. But being unbiased, 
the rivalry between France and England is it helped create this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, France came to our aid when we were fighting for independence from England. And if it wasn't for France coming to help us, we never would have won. Mm-hmm. And then it would go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, France would step up for us. Uh, they would want us to step up for them. But England and, and France had for almost a thousand years were fighting each other in some way. Right. But it also is because they're so close to each other mm-hmm. and they fight for, you know, superiority because it's kind of like flopping your, your junk on the table and seeing who's got the bigger, you know, the bigger dick. Right. That's kind of what they do. Right. And England's is England's the motherland. They're the one, they're the biggest. And you got to give England credit. There are small islands right. that has managed to basically dictate the route that the world goes. Right. And it hasn't been until recently that they've kind of gotten knocked down off that pedestal because, you know, America stepped up and the Soviet Union slash Russia has stepped up. France is kind of becoming – they're still a major country, but they're not as, as powerful as they used to be. But there was a time when these two countries ruled the world. Right. And this rivalry between the two dictated everything. Right. Uh, you know, this battle for resources – England might not have ever ventured out and started the slave trade. Uh, you know, we wouldn't have the Western world. And I know Spain and Portugal had a lot to deal with a lot of that stuff too. But, you know, this competition for who's the biggest and the baddest, like you see with the United States and Russia today, that that was the United States and Russia at the time was England and France. Uh, and they had countless wars. They went to war so many times. And, uh, I mean, you can point point your fingers at at the Napoleonic Wars, where England was kind of they were impressing U.S. soldiers and forcing us to fight. Uh, we've been pulled into those wars, mm-hmm. so that was what I thought was the number one rivalry because the world exists in a lot of the form that it has today because what France pushed England to do in terms of growth Mm -hmm. and what England pushed France to do and then the fights between the two. Uh, We, like I said, we wouldn't exist. Right. Uh, The Americas would look vastly different. Right. And I just am in awe that England is even a a blip on our historical record. I mean, they're they're an island. They're an island. I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, know, considering how small they are – you know, in the in the early nineteenth century, their navy their navy is what gave them their strength. I mean, Napoleon couldn't even conquer uh, England's land. I think that was the one piece that he couldn't conquer at the time, and it was because of of, Brit- of the British navy. So, I think that pick is great because also it makes me think because i was going to use america and france but i couldn't use them because france and america have helped each other's numerous times but yet we tend to make france a joke when it comes to you know like little like little like little side jokes when it comes to uh frenchmen or the, the french countrymen and to me it's like man america would even be here if it wasn't for the french but yet we tend to mock them endlessly so 100 percent uh texas is this is equal to 2.86 united kingdoms yeah almost three united kingdoms 
Uh, it's about the size of Oregon. So one minuscule American state is the size of what is generally considered uh, the premier world power for the last 2,000 years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously they're they're still up there. They're just they're not as you know as high as us. Well, I think that's a great number one, phenomenal number one. Shall we go into our six man? Oh, absolutely. So I forgot about the six man. My six man or fifth man, whatever you want to call it, is Texas versus Oklahoma Red River football shootout. Is my six man, and <laughs> let me explain. Uh, you know, by the way, Texas owns the lead, 63 wins to 50 losses to five ties. The rivalry isn't so much the game. The rivalry is, is that every high school kid wants to go to Texas, but we can only allow so many people on the team. So where do the other kids go? To Oklahoma. So when we play against each other, it's guy, it's kids that have played against each other throughout junior high and high school. Oklahoma would not have a team, and they are a powerhouse, without any kids from Texas. Nowadays, because of the way college football and sports have evolved, Texas kids are in every campus now, all across the nation. But at one time, it was only Texas or Oklahoma. And it's a, it's, it's a heated rivalry. You know, the past 20 years, I'll admit, Oklahoma has, has owned us, especially that first part from 2000, 2004, where they beat us five years in a row. But, you know, it's a rivalry that's gone over 100 years. You and I live in Dallas, and every, once a year they have their rivalry there. So that is my sixth man. And by the way, I cannot end that without saying that we beat them this year, 49-0 to zero being the first ever shutout in Red River history so that is my six you, you know I, i'm not gonna let you off the hook talk to me oh ucla no. has a ucla has 120 national championships we are the premier athletic dude well, you got you guys and, have you guys have titles in 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 water polo tether ball i mean that doesn't count man that doesn't count we do the three main sports or five i'll give like if we do swimming and volleyball, all that stuff, we're probably ahead of you. But do you take out your 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 tetherball championships, your all that stuff, beach volleyball? We have zero tetherball championships. He's <laughs> pulling that one out of your ass. But even then, you guys have titles and these little askew things that nobody that only five other schools compete in. That Texas doesn't even compete in. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. I would have said Texas A&M, but they don't win anything. They haven't won in over 100 years, so they're kind of our little brothers. I'm going to use that Donald Trump meme. Wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, what is your sixth man? My sixth man, I'll keep it short. I had two. Uh, I'm going to go with the one that I think is more significant. Uh, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. Yeah. Now, you brought it up. You brought it up during the big one. I, I If you go back and listen, people – I did make a a sound. I was I thought he was gonna uh, steal my thunder. Uh, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, and you brought up the fact that Steve Jobs uh, was just a better speaker, and he he was. Steve Jobs was the you know the face of his company, but Bill Gates was the richest man in the world for a long time. So it depends on which direction you want to go there. But we and we're, we we're talking on a computer. Uh, I have an HP. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we got, you know, and I have an uh, iPhone mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting right in front of me, and we would not have a lot of the technology that we have today if it wasn't for these two men. So, uh, like you said, rivalries push you to be better, and it doesn't yeah. matter where they come from. As long as you're being pushed by somebody, I think it's a good thing. And Steve Jobs, and Bill Gates, Microsoft, and Apple, uh, they 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 raise the bar. Right. I love that pick. Uh, one little fact I'll throw in there is I love the idea that Gates was having such a monopoly with Microsoft that he actually invested in Apple when Apple was going out of business and gave Steve Jobs like hundreds of millions of dollars to kickstart Apple again, pretty much saving Apple. And if it wasn't for that, who knows what we'd be talking on right now. Uh, I think he really doesn't care. He was, like I said, was the richest man in the world at the time. Yeah. Uh, yes, he might have a monopoly, but the United but he States needs that won't competition. let him go. So yeah, he needed he that does. competition. So he wanted Apple to be that competition, and it worked out very well. So. And now, you know, now I think Apple has deviated a little bit. Microsoft has deviated in a different direction, and they kind of exist in different realms. They're both yeah. tech companies. Yeah. But they don't necessarily fight each other like they used to. Right, I agree. I agree. But that was my that was my six man. Fantastic episode, my man. I must say, it was good. It was good. I I loved the conversation. I feel like historically we did we did a phenomenal job of of covering a historical topic without you know deviating too much. Deviating and the rivalries. I I love I love. I'm gonna call it a yin yang mm-hmm. conversation where you know you go back and forth back and forth it was it, it felt it felt that way it felt that yeah, it felt it felt that way very much yeah i agree with you and we didn't cross over no no i actually thought we were but cool you know it was good it was good uh yeah but you know you did make a mistake talk to me you can't include any texas sports in a rivalry conversation why not because Texas sports are garbage. <laughs> Dude, we are sports. Sport. We went and watched Duncanville and Modern Day. <laughs> okay. And let's tell everybody how that ended up. Well, first of all, Modern Day was ranked number one in the nation. Because why? Because they get nothing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They get nothing but the best kids all around California and Nevada and Utah. They get the best players over there, bring them to their private schools. While Duncanville... Is a bunch of neighborhood kids, the best kids from the city of Duncanville, which is what? About 100,000 people? So, yes, I would assume my matter day would beat Duncanville in a football game. I hope so. I hope the so. The score was 45 to 3. It was. It was. But we I could early. guarantee we you. We left early. I could guarantee, yeah, we did. I could guarantee you if Duncanville or the city of Dallas had an academy and just the best players from Dallas, we didn't even need to go all around Texas. We could just do the best players from Dallas. They would run laps around that Matter Day school. Put my life on the, it. The Dallas Morning News said number one Matter Day smashed Duncanville on Friday. They did. Known as California versus Texas. They did. They the did. Los Angeles Times posted. Modern day routes Duncanville in wasn't, Texas size ass whooping. <laughs> wasn't wasn't your school a public school? No. Okay. 
Well, oh, my school? Yeah. No, my school that I went to in high school was a public school, yeah. Okay, so we give me... two state championships. Okay, fine. Give me that state championship team that is a public school going against a Texas public school, and we'll have a different game, I guarantee you. But give me not a private school where you get the best recruits from your state and surrounding states against a bunch of local neighborhood kids. That is the difference, though. So we played... My school that I went to, Norco High School, played Modern Day that same year. Mm-hmm. They beat Duncanville forty-five to three. They beat Norco forty-nine to fourteen. So we scored more <laughs> points. Maybe you guys would have beaten us, but I doubt it, man. Duncanville, they got top-notch recruits, and like I said, they're from the area. They're not like getting kids from Houston or Miami or or. Somewhere nearby, like the way Matter Day does. The game was 21-14 going into halftime. So we had a chance. Mm. You know what Matter Day is? You know what Matter Day is? Matter Day is like AAU for football. They just get the best players and put them on a team. AAU basketball. They are are a juggernaut for sure. But I hope so. I hope so. They're getting the best recruits from around the West Coast. There's... There's private schools here in Texas. Yeah, but they're not doing football like that. They don't recruit that's, for football. That sounds that sounds like a Texas problem. Yeah, maybe it is. But at least I could take pride on the fact that Duncanville, yes, they got their ass kicked. But it was a bunch of neighborhood kids. It's okay. Yeah, it sounds like excuses. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Anyways. Anyways, <laughs> if we're not back in five minutes... Just wait longer. I'm I'm checking to see who played in the championship. Saint John Bosco, who also came to Texas that same year and whooped the crap out of somebody else. Yeah, but be- it was yeah, because because they're an academy. They're they are pri- they, they recruit. They beat, they who did beat they beat? Modern Day twenty four to twenty two. Yeah, yeah. But who did they, they play in Texas? Schools. Was it a public school or a private school that recruits top notch oh. players? We'll find out. Yeah, we well, no, we won't, because Texas doesn't do that. We don't need that shit. We believe in our in our neighborhoods. There's a difference. It's more blue collar than getting the rich, fancy kids. Anyways, nice episode. <laughs> they played Allen. Yeah, Allen. Go ahead. Is it a 40. is Allen is Allen a <laughs> private school or a public school? It's a public 52 school. to 14. Yeah, it's a public school against a re- recruiting private school. That means they th- that California scored 97, Texas scored 17. Wow. Case closed. Bring me a public school. Look up public school from California versus a public school from Texas. I public bet you'd schools be a lot in California different. can't afford to come here. Exactly. Case closed. All right. Good episode. I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>